child. And so I was I was knocking it out. And you could see that they were they were angry. They were mad that I was knocking it out. And they're like, Do you have a demo prepared? I was like, A matter of fact, I do have a demo prepared. Thanks for asking. And none of the other teachers have a, had a demo. They're like, No, okay. you don't have to worry about it, you know, very carefully. They had the they had the um you know, the privilege to be carefree, which is okay. I don't want blame them for this or fault them for okay. it. But they end up getting the job. <laughs> and they were okay. prepared. And so So those who partied the night before that probably came home drunk it had a group interview that you also participated in, the only one who was prepared. They got the job, but you didn't. I didn't. Um, but that's okay. Like, that's what I'm talking about. God just has um, another plan. And because Always. it was because, you know, it was, I was so, I came to a foreign country and I needed to first job. And I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm at this point, right? But okay. I didn't even realize that the place where they were placed was way out on the outskirts of town. And tell okay. me why God put me in a place where it was the city center. The city center, and they loved me. And my school loved me. And so that's what I'm saying. It, I'm happy. I'm happy that God, or whatever, I'm happy that they had that racism on their heart. I'm happy that they did. <laughs> Do you think it was racism? Is that the reason you didn't get the first job? Because I see a lot of the people here I'm reading the comments, and they're saying, talk about how racist China is. And so you, I heard you say that. I w didn't want to bring it up, but since you said it, did you have that type of experience while you were there? So I don't want to say that China is racist. I don't want to say right. that. But I will say that there are certain people that are very racist. Um, there right. are, there are, I would be lying All if right. I said, there are okay. foreign job advertisements that say you need to have white skin. I would be oh, lying no. if I said, no. someone told me I can't hire you right now because we're a new center and we need white faces. I am like, I would be lying if I said that. So I wanted to keep it real. So yes, some people are definitely racist, but there's racism everywhere. That wasn't right. going to deter me from China because there are a lot of other good things. But yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy to hear you say that. You know, as you know, in life, we will often, you know, times get turned away or discouraged, possibly for this reason or that. But when you know you have a purpose. Exactly. And you're on a mission. Exactly. You exactly. just keep going, right? You exactly. keep it moving. And, and as you did. God opened up those doors for you, and it was a better door because I can only imagine what it must have been like to go to work every day in the city center teaching English as a second language. Tell me what your day was like. Honestly, my day was phenomenal because my school, first of all, didn't require me to do office hours, so I only had to go when I had classes, and the other school required office hours. That's and I was going to still be paid the same amount. Like, that's what I'm saying. God has it set up. Um, yeah. And then also my school is actually by the second or third largest building in the world. Whoa. How many um, stories was it? How many floors in the elevator? I, I don't want to lie to you. I've only been up the building once. Uh, we had a Christmas okay. dinner there at the top floor once. It was beautiful. Wow. Um, but it was, yeah, it was amazing. But, yeah, it, it's called the Pinyang Financial Tower. Somebody can Google it. Um, or yeah, I, how do you spell it? Um, P-I-N-G 
and then an apostrophe A N opinion financial tower and it's like maybe second or third largest in the world but yes literally okay. you can look up into the sky and the clouds cut off you from seeing the bit like oh even the my top god one. because you're so high up yeah and yeah it's i'm looking crazy. it up now keep talking um yeah so that's around and then all the foreign um places to eat is around where i uh, my school was so clearly i should have been because I should have been eating at school because they provide my breakfast and lunch at school for free. Um, wow. Yeah. So what did you eat for breakfast and lunch? Um, sometimes I really love Chinese breakfast. That's one of the Chinese foods I just love. They have very like um, savory meals like boiled okay. eggs, noodles for breakfast, um, some pickled radish, I guess. I guess I'll have that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I really like Chinese breakfasts. Um, for lunch, they would have eggplant, which I really like. Um, I really I love, love the way they do egg. Yeah, it's the best eggplant I've ever had. Um, okay. Um, but the rest, like for lunch, I'm not really. Mm, I'm, Chinese food is not my type of food, but it's okay. I understand a lot of people don't like it. Um, okay. Yeah, so I would usually honestly go to the foreign places for lunch. Um, so what what foreign places did you go to, girl? Um, there are this, there's this place called McCull McCulley's, which is like this Irish Mexican place. It's weird. I know, but it's good. They have the best type of food <laughs> I've ever had near my school. Irish and Mexican? Irish and Mexican at the same time. <laughs> but wow. It, it has like a franchise all over Shenzhen. Um, and what is it called? McCulley's. 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 That is Irish. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's this Turkish place that has, um, when I tell you, it's literally <laughs> the best um, steak I have ever had. It's okay. Oh, so you are a meat eater. I was wondering if you were vegan or not. Oh, no, absolutely not. Never. <laughs> oh, so my friend here is asking, uh, is there a McDonald's there Oh, in that region? I actually used, my first year especially, I used to eat McDonald's a lot. Okay. More than I have ever eaten in, in America. And I know that's like... A hallmark of a lot of foreigners. They're like, I never ate this much McDonald's while I was in America. Yeah. But you you get a little bit homesick and you want something familiar. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So as you enter the classroom, mm -hmm. first, first things first, you have never taught before, right? Um. Well, I did kind of teach before. Um, I actually had this internship at Howard University in the middle school. Um, so yeah, I was like an assistant teacher towards, um, to the other teachers for mathematics. Um, okay. Yeah. So when you entered the classroom in China, what was day one like? Day one, you enter, there are 50 faces staring back at you. 50. 50? 50 faces. What um, grade were you teaching? My first year, I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth. No, no, no. Fourth? Yes. I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth. No, that's my second year. My first year, I taught first, second, and third. And then the okay, let me year. ask you something about their school system. Mm -hmm. You know, here in the U.S., we have secondary education with the pre-K, then elementary, then middle school and high school. How is it set up there? Um, It's a little bit different. Um, They have the same pretty much setup, but, like, like preschool, um, 
they have multiple levels of kindergarten and some kindergartens are paid for and some are not i guess that's just similar um so like they have like k1 k2 k3 like there are three levels of kindergarten and wow um, yeah so they all are under the same house and then you go okay. to first grade so kindergarten i don't believe is compulsory um but first grade it is um so then you go into the first grade everyone must go to first grade second grade everything um yeah and so for that it's free completely free for everyone but if you want okay. to get into a certain school you can pay um okay. to get into that school okay so where you were at though you said in your classroom it was great what grade was it four um, five and six you had different no, classes yes so i've been teaching for a while so i was trying to remember actually my first grade okay. was first second and third grade okay yeah so how did that work for you honestly i loved it i love all kids but i really love the babies the babies they just love you for no reason they, don't, they have no concept of race anything they, they're curious of course they're like they're like courtney Please, because they don't have the English to like just to describe your hair, and sometimes they're curious about your skin um, and everything. But you just got to give them aspects to it to experience it because they haven't experienced it before, you know. Did they want to touch your hair? Oh yeah, and I let with their washed hands, but I let the babies right. touch my hair. Um, it's the adults that see. I'm like, no. you know better. But babies, yes, they need to experience the world. They're just curious, you know. Absolutely. So you're coming into a situation with these first graders and you're teaching English as a second level. Nobody in the classroom except you knew English. Okay, so no. Um, some kids actually have basis of English because they study privately. Um, uh, yeah, so some kids have money, like money, money. And they, and they get private lessons to make sure they study and know english so there are like is a by a wide variance in english levels and skills within any class as you can imagine with 50 kids just to begin with um, right but still like some kids had zero english never studied outside of the classroom and some kids um the material it was just you know um too too simple for them so they're literally looking at me like courtney and they're just asking and going on and on. I'm like, okay, I know I'm only teaching colors and you're um, <laughs> the primary three colors and you're already on, well, this magenta, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, magenta, not pink, magenta. Magenta. Like, <laughs> some of the kids literally have me cracking. So, did the company that you were working for provide you with a curriculum with lesson plans or did you have to prepare those yourself on a daily basis? I had to prepare those um, myself, but like my school would give me a parameter of what they wanted to be, um, what they wanted to be taught because there were books, right? Okay. They have, but the Chinese students, they also have English, um, Chinese English teachers. So they're okay. also using the book. So you want to make sure that your your lesson is different right. and differentiated and they're getting something different from it. Um, because I know they're oral English teachers, so I'm trying to make sure they're speaking more, not necessarily right. focusing on grammar. I'm just trying to make sure they're learning and speaking um, um, more with everything. Yeah. Okay. So what 
you went there in October. So was the school year, had it already begun when yes. you arrived? Yes. Um, okay. They began in September, but, you know, I was late um, getting to everything. They're like, yeah, still come on. <laughs> so are they on a, like, semester or quarter system? How does that they work? Were, they work on a semester system. Um, they start September 1st, and they end usually around July 15th. Oh, oh. Do, do they get breaks in oh, there anywhere? absolutely, absolutely. Um, the breaks usually go, like, they actually get a long time for Chinese New Year. That's kind of the reason I'm in America. But um, their usual break is around six weeks for Chinese New Year. That's their winter break. So wow. they don't get that's a long time, right? Um, that's like a month and two weeks. Exactly. So don't worry. They definitely get a lot of breaks. Um, working as a teacher in China, even in Korea, but in China, the holidays are amazing. Tell us about it. Yeah. What was so amazing? Just how much time you get off. Um, time to travel and everything. Time to do anything. Um, well, Did you take in any of their culture, the festivities? Because I know I saw some wonderful pictures you posted of some gatherings that you were at during Chinese New Year. What was that like? So I think that was for normal New Year because they celebrate um, normal New Year as well. So the city that I'm in is a transient city. So nobody's actually from that city. They come from other okay. hometowns. So during the Chinese New Year, they usually go back to their hometowns, which makes my city a ghost city. Um, so I tend to go out to other places like home or travel to other places. But during the New Year, they oh, it's fantastic. Like they have the most um, – like extravagant parades in Hong Kong. And, wow. And usually they have uh, fireworks, which is really cool as well. Now, how far from, um, pronounce it again for me? Shenzhen. Shenzhen. How far is that, the distance to um, Hong Kong? Um, they border each other. I don't know the distance in like miles or anything, but they border each other. So you have to go through immigration to get into Hong Kong. But you can actually, like, once you get to the border in Shenzhen, you can walk over <laughs> the border to get So how does it take an hour to get there, um, 30 minutes? To cross through immigration and everything, and maybe 40 minutes, 30 minutes. But, like, literally, we were just walking to cross over into technically. Awesome. So we know that you went from Alabama to China. So you're primary mode of transportation would have been on foot and on their rapid transit or whatever? Oh, yes. Um, their transportation system is actually world class. It's world class. Yes, world -class. it is. I've heard about it. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. I think most Asian countries, because I went to Japan like for a little bit of time, um, world class. It's crazy. It's so clean. It's so fast. It's so convenient and reliable that you don't really even need okay. a car. You don't need a car. Okay. And so was it expensive to use their transportation system? Oh, absolutely not. Um, I think usually, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, I usually never spend, I usually spend about 50 cents to go to school and 50 cents to come back on the metro. So about a dollar a day, if that's the only place I'm going. Wow. And I think the most I've ever spent on the metro might have been a dollar and fifty, and that was literally going hours out to the, like the the um what do you call it the the edges of town because where I live is a mega city, so like literally what you consider a city, I think 
what they consider a city would be like multiple cities in America. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So tell me this, because we are nearing our cutoff time of one hour. Well, I guess some of those trips that you took to some of those other amazing places were doing this new year you're talking about? Yes, yes. So where did you go on the new um, year vacation? Sure. Um, I've been to South Korea. I've been to Bali. I've been to uh, India. I've been to Thailand. I've been to London. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. India. Um, yeah, so I think that's it for the, oh, I've been to Taiwan as well. Um, yeah, so, in Japan once. So, yeah, it's been pretty interesting. Like I said, it definitely has afforded me the opportunity to travel. Traveling from Hong Kong is super easy um, to multiple places in the world, yeah. Really? Yeah. So how much did you pay perhaps going to um, London? To London? Um, from From Hong Kong, maybe. It might have been maybe 800 USD round trip. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's even usually when I fly from America, Atlantic to Hong Kong, it might only be usually no more than 900 round trip. Like That's good. And that's on United Airlines or American? Um, from, yeah. But, like, lately, because of the um, coronavirus, it's been crazy. But I'm right, saying, right. Like, normally, it's really cheap. That's good to know because I would think that it's much more expensive. I, you know, um, a few weeks ago at the end of February, I interviewed um, celebrity Nollywood actor I.K. Ogbona, and to fly from Lagos, Nigeria, to say Alabama, on any given day, it's about thirteen to sixteen hundred dollars. It's very expensive. So wow. it's it, it's interesting to know that it's much cheaper, you know, to travel from the southern states, um, to China. Yeah, I think it's because China has so many business connections everywhere. Um, yeah. Honestly, anywhere I've seen to fly into Hong Kong, from Hong Kong, before, you know, minus all this um, corona, um, it has been cheap. It's never been more than, I think, 1200 And I've looked at flights to Italy. I've looked at flights everywhere. Okay. I, so, yeah, it's pretty affordable. That's good to know. So I know when you and I caught up most recently and I invited you to this interview, you you shared with me that you were not able to go back. You come home on that vacation and were advised that not to come back at this time. What's up with that? Um, yeah. So when I first came um, over, my flight was actually canceled and like it was canceled my return flight to go back. So at the beginning, you know, coronavirus was going in China. Um, however, they got everything under control. So right now, no foreigners can get back. Um, or really? Yes, because they closed their borders to foreigners because they have gotten their um, virus under control now. And so I guess they're waiting to make sure it doesn't resurge. They're waiting to make sure um, everyone else quells the virus. Um, there. So my second flight that I actually purchased to go back to China has also got canceled. So I'm just going to wait until everything calms down at this point. Right. 
So have you been able to converse with any of your friends that uh, remain there to find out how that region you were in was impacted by the coronavirus? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so the friends that are still there, um, they say everything is going back to normal. Um, my region actually didn't get really impacted, to be honest. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, so. Happy to hear that for you. So, yeah, everything is going back to normal, to be honest. So do you have any idea of a new start date when you might return? Mm, I have no idea. Hopefully, prayfully, prayerfully, um, I'll be going back by May. But that, oh, wow. Um, but I have no idea. I'm leaving it in God's hands because I can't do anything about it at this point. Absolutely not, sweetheart. So since they're, the schools have been closed like they are here, has the company that you work um, that you work for talked about any changes in scheduling to accommodate, you know, make up for those absences? Yes. Um, well, there have been rumors that they're going to try to do Saturday classes. They're going to try to do they're going to that's not going to fly with foreigners, but we'll see. Um, there's rumors that they're going to extend the summer, which I can understand that part. Right. Yeah, but right. that Saturday class thing. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, people and, you know, children, if they have to, if they're mandated to do it, of course they'll do it. But the attention spans might not be as they would be exactly. on a five-day schedule. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as productive anyway. Um, right. So I understand completely, you know, we got to extend the summer, but that Saturday class thing? Mm, I can't see that happening. Me neither. But those are rumors, and that's not confirmed yet. So who's to say? Um, I see a friend asked about dating in China. Is that okay? If <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You can answer him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much um, dating in China is horrible for a woman, a foreign woman. Um yeah, the prospects are very little because most for I'm not one of these foreign women. I will date a Chinese man, um, but most foreign women do not date Chinese men, so they're only left with foreign men options. And foreign men in China, they typically, <laughs> they date everyone, but they have so many options that it boosts their ego. That, right. So, well, you know, that's with men even here in the United States, these United States. They have so many options, but let me just put this out there because I am Chandra Purdue. We, women of every culture, also have all of those options available to us. Exactly. So, like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't pay any attention to it. I don't pay any mind to it. If you're going to act that way, then bye-bye. Right. <laughs> See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Right? Exactly. Next. <laughs> Thank so, you, please. Right. So since you've been home back in Montgomery, Alabama, in the South, what have you enjoyed most about being back in Alabama? Honestly, Alabama is beautiful. Like, Isn't it, though? I love it. Like, um, like just the, the way the sun feels on your skin. Like, it tingles. Yeah. Me. Um, the colors. Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. If I may interrupt you, oh, go ahead. What was the weather like there in China? What was it like oh. from season to season? Well, where I live is kind of like Alabama, but maybe a little bit hotter. Um, but really, really yeah, 
like it's subtropical because I say Shenzhen is in the south as well. Um, okay. So China has as many weather seasons as every other, like as America. They have the coldest of the cold in Harbin and the hottest of the hot in Shenzhen, where I stay. Um, so it's very hot, actually hotter than here. Um, like it gets hot by the end of September, October, it gets hot. Or and so when you say hot, hot, what's the temperature yeah. like? Is it in the 90s, 80s? Um, 90s, sometimes maybe 100s, I don't know, but it, it's humid. It's yeah. humid and hot. It's humid and hot. Those are the two themes. If you remember anything, just remember humid and hot. <laughs> well, then you were well prepared coming from the southern U.S. Yeah, I loved it. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is so hot. And this is so, you know, the complaint. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking that heat includes those vitamin D. Wow. Yeah, we're used to it here. I mean, I'm from northern California, the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Hey, woman of God, Sonia. Thanks for joining. Um, and so, you know, we never really experienced the humidity. It can get hot in California, but this this Alabama and Southern humidity is something different. So I'm glad that when you were in China, it was not a culture talk for you with, with the temperature. Yeah, it definitely wasn't that. Um, I think I really like Shenzhen because it doesn't have as much pollution as other places. I don't think the air is as clean as Alabama, but it definitely reminded me of parts of Alabama. Awesome. So you were telling me what you have so enjoyed since you came back home to Alabama. What have you been doing, girl? Definitely just the beauty, family, of course. Um, yeah. I've like with my side job, um, I'm moonlighting as an Instacart shopper, so I'm able to okay. see and experience so many things I didn't even know about my city, so many different okay. places. I'm like, wow, there is so much texture to Montgomery that I didn't even realize. There's so much to learn. Um, so that's been really nice and interesting. Yeah, so I've just been just enjoying family, just enjoying enjoying the times. I think take this time as a time of reflection and step back and introspection. So I've been enjoying that. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. As a clinical mental health counselor now, you know, I've been posting a lot during this pandemic about um really how grateful we should be that we do have time to slow down. We're often so busy going from day to day, and I can imagine where you were in China, in a city center, moving 100 miles per hour, Yeah. that this pace of the South, and even during this unfortunate coronavirus pandemic has been one, as you said, a reflection. Yeah. Absolutely. What are you most grateful for? Um, during this time i'm definitely most grateful for my health and the health of family because sure i want to be wealthy in all senses but health is also the basis of wealth um, absolutely so i'm very grateful for that you know there's so many people who have lost their lives um yeah. stateside china side you know and like i can relate to both at this point um because as much as america is a part of me um, China has also poured into me in some ways. And so, like, like it's, it's literally a time to reflect on what you do have. Like, so many people are losing everything because of this. Right. So, absolutely. just because I'm inconvenienced, I can't get back home, blah, blah, blah. Like, it would be kind of crazy of me not to see how blessed I am. I'm blessed to be able to say, yeah. I have a mom who's yeah. back in school. 
I'm blessed yeah. I was able to find a job at this time. Like, yeah. sure, I, sure, I still got a place back there and I have worries, but there's no worries that can take away or rob my joy at this point. So, I'm happy to hear that. Praise God. So, let me just say this. You know, you have uh, an Instagram account name, the Miss Black Frizzle. What is that all about, Courtney? Oh, well, you know, um, I really used to like um, the Magic School Bus, and <laughs> I have very curly hair. And yes, you do. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful. I love it. At one point, I dyed it red, and I was like, I always wanted my teaching style to be like Miss Frizzle. You know, pe- kids learning then through action, learning yeah. through experience. And so that's what I really try to model my teaching style after. I know that's crazy. I model it after a cartoon, mm-hmm. but um, I really want to always be high energy for my kids because they deserve the best. Um, so, like, I want to create fun and interactive lessons. So that's why I call myself Miss Black Frizzle. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for expounding on that because I really thought Miss Black Frizzle was about that hair. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it probably is, but it's a part of it's about <laughs> the magic school bus. Beautiful, beautiful. So tell me, how can the public find you? And be, as we close out, share with us how we can find you on what social media platforms and what future endeavors we look forward to um, seeing you. Okay, sure. Um, You can find me on all social media platforms, TikTok, Facebook, everything at Your Cousin Courtney, Y-O-U-R-C-O-U-S-I-N, Courtney with no Y, (laughs) very important, Your Cousin Courtney. Um. Very soon, I will be relaunching my YouTube channel. Yay! Thank you. At your your cousin Courtney, I'll be talking more about China, um, being a millennial, traveling, everything. Anything and everything that you can want, it will be there. Um, So, yeah, that's how you can find me. Those are some things I'm looking forward to. Um, Yeah. Well, I will say as we close out, I do look forward to traveling to China when you return because I'm going to need a tour guide with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC. Well, I look forward to hosting you. (laughs) Thank you kindly, my sweet. You are such a blessing, such a beautiful young lady. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that God allowed us to meet in that Uber ride in October 2016 and I'm so excited about all that you have been able to do thus far and the lives that you have blessed in China and here and around the globe I know that everywhere your feet God has allowed your feet to go you've been a blessing with that beautiful smile and that beautiful spirit I just um, just so grateful that you accepted my invitation to come on to this slide See, despite those technical difficulties, we were able to complete this interview. And when I close out here, I... Hello. Hey, I can hear you. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. So I'm sorry about the technical difficulties, but, you know, this is not our world. We don't own the web, right? Of course. So what can you do but use it? So (laughs) they say 
when you get lemons, you do what? You make lemonade. Oh, so I like let's make that. our lemonade. Absolutely. So I, it's so good to see you, my dear. How are you? It's so great to see you as well. It's been so long. I know, right? I haven't seen you since October 2016. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's almost <laughs> four years. Wow. That's oh, my crazy. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come October, we'll be four years. Wow. Um, so, how have you been? I've been busy trying to um, stay um, busy <laughs> as we now quarantine, right? Yeah, Absolutely. You could definitely go stir crazy. I just literally sit and watch cars go by sometimes. <laughs> what? Yes. No, girl, you got to make things happen over there where you are. Absolutely. So it's good to see that we have some wonderful friends who've joined us. Thank you so much. We, again, are on the Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC podcast. I created this podcast last June 2016 as a way to reach out to um, followers of my performing arts company, Cara Jones Unlimited, which I established in the capital city of Montgomery, Alabama in 2016. And that is how I met my distinguished guest today. Her name is Courtney Janae Dixon. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, Carly, I see you there. You see your friends? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So we'll just keep it moving. And I wanted to give a little history on, hey, girl, I see you there. I wanted to give a little history on how you and I met. I was actually on my way home to Northern California to do my first road trip with my performing arts company, presenting my live panel discussion with entertainment in Oakland. And as I exited the Megabus, <laughs> I requested an Uber ride. Exactly, yeah. And I also requested an Uber ride. I think we were on the same Megabus. And were you on the Megabus too? Were you coming from Montgomery as well? Yes, I we was. Were on the same Megabus then. Well, um, I didn't see you on there because I probably was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we had to be on the same Megabus. We both requested an Uber pool. Um, happening to go to the airport. And, okay. And so, you know, we both got in. We just started um, discussing everything. Like you told me that you were about to go to Oakland. And I told you I was actually about to go to China for the first time. And it's history. You can continue from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I was on my way to Oakland. As I said, I was presenting the Lemonade Chronicles Part 2 entitled Chivalry at the La Estrelita Cafe in Oakland, California. And so I requested an Uber ride, knowing nothing about Uber, had downloaded the app, uh, unbeknownst to me, the protocol, and I had two large suitcases with me, you know, folks still don't know how to pack light. And so I, um, I think I ended up requesting a pool, is that what they call it? Yes, the pool. <laughs> I, on the, on the other hand, knew all about the pool, and I was trying to save money. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, the Uber ride was so inexpensive, because normally what I would do when I, um, you know, travel from Montgomery to Atlanta to take um, a flight out from Atlanta, 
is just take the what is it the Marta? Mm-hmm. Is it called the Marta? Oh uh, yeah. Or is it the Metro? I think it's called Marta. That's the public transportation. Yeah, Marta. I would take the high speed Marta, but my bags were just too heavy for me to try to, you know, navigate mm-hmm. on those escalators and all that. So you and I got into the Uber pool. And I went on my way to Oakland, and you went on your way to where? Shenzhen, China. Shenzhen, China. Yes. So please tell us, what was this journey to China all about? Sure. Um, I just graduated from college, Howard University, that May. So I was jobless um, pretty much. I I didn't have many like opportunities. I was trying to think of my next step and my next move. I want really wanted to go to South Korea to begin with, um, but ah. then the opportunity came and it came about to say um, pretty much to go to China. So I jumped on. I said, "Sure, when do you need me? I'm gonna hop on the flight." <laughs> um, like a lot of things were not necessarily secure in the job opportunity. I didn't know anything about China. I didn't know any Chinese. I don't like Chinese food. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I love Chinese food. It's horrible. Like I just don't eat beef anymore because I'm afraid it's not beef. Oh. And that's the true tea. But <laughs> um, the tea, not the tea, girl. But yeah, so I didn't know anything about anything, even the job in of itself. Okay, like, they didn't have that many details. They didn't have a website. Um, oh my god! I wouldn't recommend this. I wouldn't recommend this. But something in me told me that this is where you need to go. Um, like I had to pay for my own ticket, everything. Um, I didn't have that much money to go, but I said something said go, and I went. Yeah. And go, go, go. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. <laughs> okay. Just jazz that is never beef. yeah that's my girl honey she will crack us up throughout this whole interview I love her so tell me this how did you learn about this opportunity to go to China and tell us the reason the purpose of your going to China what was it okay sure I'll start with opportunity um well, like I t- told you, I was researching teaching in China, um, not China, Korea first. I ne- China wasn't even on my radar, to be honest. Um, okay. There are multiple ways to teach in Korea, like through public school, the EPIC program, and other programs. So I was looking at other programs at that time. And okay. so um, a recruiter actually reached out to me because I put my information on this website hey, called TeachAway. Okay. Um, I put my information on this website called Teach Away, and a recruiter reached out to me. We had a Skype interview, and she was like, pretty much, do you want to come to Shenzhen, China? I was like, well, you know, I don't really have experience. She was like, oh, it doesn't matter. That should have been yeah. flag number one. But that's <laughs> 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 way. Okay. Um, so the purpose behind going to China. Well, honestly, I never really had many travel opportunities beforehand. I haven't been okay. to much of the world, and I knew um, that a lot of young expats who decided to leave and teach abroad, they were able to, you know, travel, especially Southeast Asia, really cheaply, and it would give me opportunities to expand my horizon. So I guess that's more so the purpose. Okay. So 
you were going to China to teach which subject matter? Oh, sure. I didn't even say it. Um, in- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, I went to teach English, um, ESL, which is English as a Second Language. Um, that's most of, well, not all of the jobs, but if you don't have a teaching certificate, in many Asian countries, um, you can go actually teach English as a Second Language without a teaching license. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So all they required was your bachelor's degree? That's, and it didn't even have to be in English. It could have been in um, water weaving baskets. It could have been in anything. As long as it was wow. from an American university, accredited university, and I had a degree. That's it. So what did you acquire your degree in at Howard University, love? Sure. Um, I, depart- I got my degree in journalism. Um, oh. journalism. So, yeah, that was interesting, to say the least. Um, that, yeah. Well, that will serve you well in all of your endeavors that you have mentioned to me that we'll talk about a little bit later. But because I've never been to China, and because the people who see and who will hear this on my various podcast platforms may have never traveled to China, I wanted to ask you about the actual travel experience from Atlanta, Georgia, to Xinjiang, China. Um, so when going to Xinjiang, it's actually really arduous, and it's horrible. <laughs> um, you're going to at least be traveling at least 20 hours. Um, huh? 16 is, 16 is the fastest I've ever traveled to China. Um, so you have to get ready to, to do multiple um, flights and layovers. Um, because there is no flight that goes straight from Atlanta to Hong Kong or Shenzhen. So, okay. but once you get from stateside, I think stateside, it may take 12 hours, um, to fly from stateside to China, 12 or 13 hours, but you're going to have to do a, another flight somewhere else before that. Um, okay. It's, it's really long. Make sure you always get up because you don't want to get blood clots. Um, stay yeah, more. The owl seat? Yes, try to get an owl seat. Because you're so that you can seat. stretch your legs? Yes. Uh, Let me ask you this, because some on other international flights that I've seen, they actually have beds, and beds with headsets on them. Was that available on the flight that you were on? Um, sure. So I've only – okay, so no, I haven't really flown that way. I've only flown that way once, um, and that was because I – miraculously got upgraded to first class when I was going to India. I didn't pay for it, but <laughs> okay. I was looking out. <laughs> but um, there are some, like, like upper echelon, like, um, what do you call it, airlines, like the the Arabic airlines that I hear are okay. like next level. Like Emirates, I hear it's like next level. And they do certain things like that. But okay, the regular Douglas Megalines I use, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> so what airline did you fly? Um, typically I usually fly United or American. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I'm trying to see if I've ever flown anything else. I was supposed to fly, um, the Korean airline, um, Korean Air this last time going back, but they, my flight got canceled. So I don't know how they are. Um, but yeah. Okay. So did you have an owl seat? Sometimes. That's why I'm saying if you can get one. Make sure you get one. On your first trip there, did you have one? No. 
She has to think because she's done this so many times now. Um, I don't think I did. I don't, but like honestly, I was so nervous um, that I wasn't even getting up. My mom told me get up and make sure you do all these things because you know she was the instruction. But honestly, I was just like trying to like hold all my nerves together, you know. Okay. So. so tell me this, as you were traveling, what was your first stop or transfer? Um, my first stop, it would probably have been either Chicago or Houston. I'm not Houston? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because Bush is an international airport. Yeah. Um, because typically, I either fly Chicago or Seattle sometimes, San Francisco. Okay. But I think there was only one time it was Houston. Okay. Okay. So you, how many hours was the flight from Atlanta to Chicago? Oh, it didn't take any time. Um, that might have been two, two or three. Um, it takes a long time from Atlanta to San Francisco. It takes about okay. like five, I think. I don't know. You, you probably know. Like it's probably the same amount of time as Oakland. Yeah, from. Montgomery to Oakland, I think, is like six hours, and then there's a two-hour difference because they are Pacific Standard Time, two hours right. behind us. Chicago, I think when I've flown to Chicago from Montgomery, I never flew from Chicago, from um, Atlanta to Chicago, but from Birmingham, I did fly in Montgomery. It was only about two hours. Yeah. Two or three. So that part is in bad. Okay. But it's just the the international part is bad and experiencing turbulence over international waters is literally the worst. So what was that like? Can you describe it? Sure. Um the first couple of times I experienced turbulence when I was flying internationally. I really thought I was gonna die, to be honest. <laughs> um, oh no. But everyone but it really calmed me that everyone around was so calm and I'm looking around trying to see how are you so calm? <laughs> what's going on um but like i said i didn't travel much before so i didn't really know a lot about anything to be honest um okay so seeing the the, the flight attendants feel so calm everybody's just going about their business i'm like we're literally about to die what are you guys reacting um here's the gotcha. airs bomb okay gotcha yeah so so the flight from chicago to China was what been like 14 hours oh yeah that one's probably like 14 or 15 hours or so um <laughs> yeah it's not fun at all did you wear compression socks or hose or anything like no, that no I've never done that um I probably okay did. it's probably well you're still quite young how old are you may I ask oh, sure I'm 25 I'm about to turn 26 so Hi. Yeah. Hey, Chris. I see Chris from the Chris Thorne Show. He has a podcast as well. One of my mentors. Thank you for joining, sir. Well, so tell me, you finally get to China. Yes. What do you see? How was that customs experience? Um, The customs was actually really simple. Most of them, because I flew actually into Hong Kong, which is a, a little bit different than mainland. Um, okay. So flying into Hong Kong. Flying to Hong Kong is just like, they speak English, most of them. Um, when okay. you, if you fly into Shenzhen, I have done that once before, um, they don't speak as much English. So it's a little bit jarring. Um, 
flying straight into mainland because you get bombarded by people trying to sell you things. There's like unmarked taxis, uh, which is also something I don't recommend, but I did get bamboozled my first time going in. So How they did you get bamboozled your first time? We're talking about your first time. Exactly. I got bamboozled because I was just so overwhelmed with everything. I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know anything about anything. So this guy just started rolling my luggage. <laughs> he just starts rolling my luggage. No. And he doesn't know no. the English. He's like, taxi, taxi, taxi. And I'm like, oh, okay. And like, you got to imagine I'm jet lagged. I don't know right. much about anything. And so um, he starts rolling my luggage. And he's like, taxi, taxi. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he takes me <laughs> down to this parking garage. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to be taken within less than one hour. I'm about to be, I'm about to be now. Sorry, I don't even laugh, no, but if it was me, funny. I would have been kicking and screaming, girl. <laughs> yes, but I, like, I was just so confused and everything, so I'm like, I'm about to be snatched. I'm already in this situation. He did end up taking me to my destination, um, my hotel, okay. but he charged me a crazy amount, um, which is not the normal. It was probably like six times the normal rate of a normal taxi. Oh, um, my God. A normal I'm taxi so is not very cheap, but still. It's okay. Crazy. So you finally reach your destination. Now, what is this destination? What had you set up in terms of accommodations, living accommodations for yourself before you left Alabama, moving to China? I had no living accommodations, but I did have a hotel set up. Um, okay. Search for something somewhere to live. Um, I. Because I was coming at the middle of the night, my company said they couldn't provide a hotel. Once again, I had a shady company, but <laughs> I guess we could get into that later. Um, so luckily for me, I, I did do a hotel that was maybe like only $20, 20 RMB. And I was like, oh, this is going to be horrible. But it was, actually wasn't. It was clean. The bed was hard. The beds in China are typically very, very hard. Um, I need that. Yeah, they're very, they're very hard. I hate it. Um, yeah, so, so, it was nice. Um, you have to actually have your room key to turn on the lights. So, you have to ah. put the room key inside this little slit, um, to have turn okay. on or off the light. So, therefore, you, they make sure that you turn it off when you go, because you need to take your room key, right, out. Right, so, right. That's smart. So, it's smart. They save a lot of energy. They're very energy conscientious there. Um, okay. So, yeah. So... That was it. So you were, that was only one day, though. So you stayed at the hotel only one day? Mm -hmm. That hotel only one day. And then the person, my company, they met me at that hotel. And they, they didn't even provide me a taxi to get to where I needed to go next. We went on the metro with all the luggage that I carried my whole life on the metro. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so we they then... Um, put me up in the hotel they, that were that they, that they were providing for um, all the new incoming teachers. It was actually a lot worse than the hotel that I had. Um, apparently, it was a hotel. I didn't. I can't confirm this, but other teachers confirmed that it was a hotel where there was like brothels. It was like a brothel hotel. Okay. So wait a minute. Hold hold a moment. Yeah. We're gonna pause. Okay. I'm going to act like I'm in a counseling section, and I'm going to do my breathing technique. Okay. 
Like, I'm sorry, like, the company I went with to get Wait a minute. Yes. A brothel, you mean, like, prostitution brothel? Apparently, I can't confirm that, but they were saying that women were giving them cars. Yeah, my company, my original company, Golden Gate High School Tour. Um, I'm happy I still went, but I would definitely yeah. research. That's what I want to convey is until more people definitely research. Um, okay. So I wouldn't be honest with my experience, you know? Right. Please do. Please be transparent if you can, as much as you can. Yeah. Because we don't know. I am going to post this on YouTube anchor you know it's gonna go to spotify so it will be <laughs> he says you <laughs> it will be seen and heard so anybody that might be you know researching such opportunities they need to understand now, do you mind can you share the name of the company that you first went through sure um the first company i went through was sbe um sea dragon international um i hear that they got a lot better but okay so maybe it was just my experience to start off with and, like, other people's experiences. But, like, I've always been paying on time because, according to Janae, this one was not going to work if I wasn't getting paid. <laughs> but We don't work for free. I just don't. <laughs> um, no, no, no. But I know other people during my time there were not. Um, apparently, right now, they are having a couple of issues, like the teachers that are working there now. Because, as you know, with the whole coronavirus, um, they're closing down borders and everything, so they're not going right. to pay some of the teachers. They're not paying some of the teachers for the oh, work that mercy, they've done. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was Sea Dragon International. Um, like, I'm so happy I came because I love China, but that's a horrible company. Okay. So you went to this new hotel. How soon after you settled in the new hotel? Hey, overseas, Tony Peoples, how are you, sir? After you settled in the brothel hotel, <laughs> you know me, I like to have fun, right? <laughs> right. So after you settled in hotel number two, on day number two, how soon thereafter did you actually start instruction, teaching? Okay, so actually I had to finish this online component of the TEFL course, which is teaching English as a foreign language certificate um, while I was here. So when I got there, um, I did the in-class component, which was seven days. Okay. And so I was a certified teacher within seven days. So, hey, which is great. Way to go this month. But I do definitely do think they need more requirements. Um, but okay. that's neither here nor there. Um, so within that time, I was able to get a job within maybe a week and a half of being within in China. Um, okay. My first interview, I didn't get the job. Okay. Um, but that was mainly due, I think, to race. Um, but that's okay. Why do you say that, love? Well, it's kind of interesting. Like, the, the cohort of teachers that I came in with, they were treating the opportunity as a chance to party, um, blase, blase. So they went out the night before. I was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna practice for this interview, everything. So we all had a group interview together. Okay. I was the only one who was prepared. I was the only one who had all the questions mapped out. Like, I was answering the questions like this, and they were stumbling. They were, they were stumbling. Like, they were oh, like, man. they asked me, so how would you handle the I was like, well, thank you for asking that question. What a wonderful question. <laughs> 